Hey, what's up? You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show podcast. Thanks for checking it out and make sure you subscribed. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC. My name is Nigel, Jason Hammer right over there. We'll go to the drivehubler.com hotline and bring on Gates McGavick, RNC Strategic Comms Director. Gates, any number of uh, places we could start here. Let's let's start with the president's first on-camera interview uh, with an American press outlet in months. Uh, 60 minutes. Seemed like he was pretty out of touch, in denial. He was... He was annoyed when when Pelly was asking about inflation. Your overall uh, thoughts on uh, the president? I, I I think even his own people would say sort of a disastrous interview uh, last night on sixty Minutes. Yeah, agreed. I mean, this is why they don't let him on camera like <laughs> ever, right? Because when when he goes on camera, it goes it goes so badly. He sounded totally out of touch. Um, he was getting asked about inflation, and he sounded angry about it. It's like he's never considered the impact that inflation has on American families, which, as we know, is is severe. Everything is more expensive in Biden's America. He also went ahead. I was interested in this part. He he said that COVID uh, is now over, yeah. which, thank you for catching on to where everyone else has been. Um, but that means that right now, all of the COVID emergency powers should be gone. No more vaccine mandates of any kind. In September, the White House asked Congress for $22 billion in COVID money. That should not happen. I mean, we're, we're clearly seeing that uh, Biden's finally catching up to where the rest of the country is, and Democrats need to put aside their, quote, emergency COVID powers right away. And Gates, correct me if I'm wrong here, but this whole rollout of paying off student debt was made possible because he extended the COVID emergency. And the way that that works, as long as emergency exists, the president has these executive powers post 9-11 to do things like this. But he goes on camera last night and says the pandemic's over. So what do we go from here? Like, is the student loan program going to happen? Is this still in play? Is it dead? What happens next? Well, I can't speak from a legal perspective as to what happens with the student loan bailout. I think the bigger issue is that he even did it in the first place, right? Yeah. Making blue-collar Americans pay for the next generation of Ivy League lawyers is, is totally backwards, and it's terrible politics. It, it doesn't play well with the American people. I think what this means really is that you know Democrats use COVID time after time to pass stuff that they wanted. I mean, if you look at how they handled election integrity in the last cycle, they used COVID as a pretext to, pretext to do mass mail-in balloting. They used COVID to shut down schools, which damaged our kids in ways that we still don't fully understand. And, yeah, they used COVID as a pretext, uh, as a mechanism to force through the student loan bailout. So for Joe Biden to go on TV and say it's over, it really undermines Democrats' entire policy. Yeah, it undermines. Aren't they still doing the the Department of Justice is still appealing the federal court ruling in Florida that struck down the the public transit mandate? I I mean, for God's sake, they're still doing that. And then a few months later, he's he's on camera saying, yeah, look, nobody's even wearing masks. Everything's fine. (laughs) And then he's made like a lot of Republican lawyers really happy. Yeah, (laughs) by saying that. Um, and, you know, it's yeah, it's it just means that there are still places where vaccine mandates are a thing that can't be the case anymore. Um, you know, this kind of this way Democrats have tried to make unvaccinated Americans tried to make their lives a living hell. That clearly doesn't hold any water anymore because the pandemic, in the president's words, is over. So, yeah, I mean, he doesn't he doesn't really. Um, 
he doesn't have a coherent message and strategy. He can't stay on topic because Democrats don't have a record to talk about. I mean, if I had presided over insane historic inflation and a record-breaking crime wave and this education crisis with our kids, I mean, I wouldn't know what to say either. Like, he doesn't have anything to talk about, and that's why when he does Gates McGavick and uh, calls Americans fascists. Gates is with us. He's the RNC Strategic Communications Director. Uh, one more thing here on this speech from Biden that aired on 60 Minutes. This was a pre-recorded deal. This wasn't like it was live and he froze in the moment. They had time to prep him for this. They had time to do things the right way. But even during the 60 Minutes interview, the White House had to walk things back that Crazy Joe was talking about. And this takes us to Taiwan. Joe Biden says that the United States would get involved militarily if something were to happen in Taiwan. In the same interview, the White House basically says, don't pay attention to the president of the United States. He doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. Yeah, I mean, it speaks to two things. Number one, the Biden administration doesn't have a real foreign policy. You know, President Trump was always very clear about his foreign policy and what would happen if countries stepped out of line. And there was never any, you know, you knew what you were getting with President Trump. Clearly, the Biden White House doesn't have the same the same coherent strategy. And here's the problem. Joe Biden has no credibility when he talks about being tough on China. He has not held China accountable whatsoever for clearly allowing COVID-19 to escape China than covering it up. Of course, he is at some personal risk. He shared a bank account with Hunter Biden while Hunter Biden was laundering money with Chinese oligarchs. And, you know, the Afghanistan withdrawal was such a disaster, such a tragedy. Immediately after that, China started moving in and strengthening their ties with the Taliban. And, of course, they are getting more aggressive towards Taiwan. So what you've seen with with Biden and China has been a total lack of strength, a total lack of consistency. And so I'm not surprised that he had to walk back yet another comment about China and Taiwan. No, oh, he's had to walk back several different things. China, Taiwan, uh, the, the comments about Russia and Putin. It's it's just nonstop walkbacks after Biden says something stupid. One of the other things I thought was pretty curious about that interview last night was that he didn't he didn't commit again to running in 2024. He said it's his intention. Now, I, I think there's some FEC rules or something like that that you have to follow before you can officially announce. But, I, I mean, what do you think? Is this guy – I mean, there's no way he's running in 2024 again, is he? God, you know, I, who knows? At the end of the day, yeah. I think I've said this on this program. If I knew what Joe Biden was thinking, <laughs> I, I, would, I wouldn't be working, like, long hours. <laughs> um, yeah, I – I think regardless, we're very focused on midterms, right? Talking about 24 before we talk about 22, it's kind of like talking about the Super Bowl before you even like have a winning record in the regular season. And at the end of the day, regardless of what Joe Biden says or doesn't say about 24, we have to make sure that we're getting out the vote right now to make sure that regardless of what Democrat runs in 24, we have a Republican House and a Republican Senate who can hold Democrats accountable going into that election. That's the thing that we're laser focused on at the RNC. Gates, speaking of the midterm here, um, what are we hearing from some of these key battleground states? Uh, Let's start with the Senate here, Georgia, Pennsylvania, uh, some of the key states involved here. It seems like every week you look at a poll, something says something different. Where are we at? I think to a certain extent, um, a lot of polling leans so left. You know, if a Republican's down five in a poll, it probably means they're even. And just the past few years have totally proven that. Um, I do think we're seeing positive trends over the past few weeks, and it's because Democrats are starting to get exposed for their records. I mean, you look at a guy like John Fetterman in Pennsylvania, 
who has, you know, wants to let one third of prisoners out of prison. He enthusiastically voted to give clemency to murderers in Pennsylvania. Um, he clearly is, you know, he doesn't do a lot of stuff with the media. He's not out in front, not front and center like Dr. Oz is every day. You look at Georgia, same story. Warnock is very soft on crime. And as an incumbent, he's voted with Biden more than 95% of the time. Let me tell you, Biden is very unpopular in Georgia. The polls are very clear about that. Um, so the fact that Warnock thinks he can get reelected by just being a rubber stamp for Biden makes no sense. And then you have, I mean, look at these candidates, Dr. Oz and Herschel. Sure, the media loves attacking them, but at the end of the day, these are celebrated, you know, celebrated outsider Americans. They're not politicians. They both led long careers being totally beloved on the national stage, and now they've decided that, you know, they want to get involved in the political arena. That's a very winning formula. Those are the candidates we love to see, and I think we're feeling really good about Georgia and Pennsylvania. Gates McGavick, RNC Strategic Communications Director. Gates, as always, we appreciate it. Hey, thank you guys for having me on. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Be sure to catch us every weekday, 3 to 7 on 93 WIBC or subscribe and get it right to your phone.